Well, happy Thanksgiving. Can we say that yet? Yes, yes, sure, why not? See, as a foodie, I got to tell you, I just absolutely love the Thanksgiving meal. I absolutely do, because after all, I mean, you have a turkey that was brined the night before, and therefore is delicious and is juicy and flavorful all the way throughout the meat. Think about it. You've got the king of side dishes. You have the mashed potatoes right? It's the king of side dishes and the, and the side dishes for kings, right? And then you've got, um, even with vegetables, like we took asparagus and we wrapped them in bacon. Oh yeah. We wouldn't normally do that, but we did because it's Thanksgiving. You have the rolls, the cranberry sauce. I, am, I love, I love Thanksgiving meal. And even as a kid, I can remember going all the way back and, and my family would work hard and would prepare the Thanksgiving meal, and, and here would be all spread out, all laid out in front of us, and then we'd all stand around the table, and then we'd all hold hands, and before we could even get to that delicious turkey, before we can even get to even just snack on a little bit of a roll, first we had to say a prayer. And the prayer, it seemed like, would go on and on and on, and I remember I'd open my eyes, and I'd be looking around the meal going, man, it's getting cold, you know? <laughs> that's, that's the big concern here. And then, and then it wouldn't just be one person praying, but rather we'd go around and pray. And so it would be, I mean, it, it felt like it was the length of a Baptist prayer because it, it was. Because I, I grew up Baptist, and so that's how we did things. And, and it just seemed to go on and on and on. And I just remember thinking, like, come on, come on, come on. Uh, let's just, let's, let's get on with this, right? Rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub, play ball, okay? <laughs> let's eat, come on, come on. And it's almost like the Thanksgiving prayer was a hurdle to the meal. Now, before I uh, leave here and... You guys send me angry emails about how horrible of a person I am for thinking that. All right, just know a couple things. Number one is that I already know that I'm a horrible person, so you don't need to remind me. <laughs> and secondly, and more importantly, I'm using it as an analogy of how we typically think about Thanksgiving. See, yes, it's supposed to be about thanking God, but it seems like sometimes we kind of put that part on fast forward to get to the real stuff about what Thanksgiving's about. It's, it's almost like, and then there's even like, we don't even have Thanksgiving because we got to fast forward through that to get to Black Friday. I mean, have you noticed that there are, Amazon was having Black Friday sales on Tuesday? Like, it's not even Thanksgiving and we already have Black Friday sales. It's like, it's like we put what Thanksgiving is supposed to be about, the, 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 the meat of it all, and, and not the turkey, but, but what it's supposed to be about. It's like we put that on, on fast forward and it seems like that the, the things that are really important, we just kind of gloss over because we really want Thanksgiving to be about all these other things. And I feel like that we not only do that with Thanksgiving, but we also do this in life in general. See, it's amazing at how God sometimes can show up in our lives. It's amazing how God can present himself. And it's amazing how God can be so active and so working in our lives. And yet, we don't even notice it. 
It's amazing at how we can just um, fast forward from all that and not even recognize God's presence. See, or maybe we think that whenever God is moving or whenever God is acting in our lives, maybe we give ourselves credit for that. Maybe we think, hey, look what I did, and not even think, well, maybe God had a hand in that, right? See, it's, it's easy to overlook God's provision about how he provides, about how he cares for us. And, and I would say that part of it is that we're just too busy, but, but it's almost even deeper than that. It's, it's almost because we have this gratitude problem. And, and really, I would argue that we have this Thanksgiving problem. So now, before we go any further, I want to make a distinction. See, praise and adoration is worshiping God for who he is. And it's looking at the nature and the characteristics of God and saying, God, you're, you're a God who's good. God, you're a God who's loving. You're a God who cares about us. It's praising him for just being him. But Thanksgiving, however, it's a little different because it's worshiping God for what he has done. It's what God does, and we thank him for what he does. We can look at God's activities in our lives, and we can praise him and say that, God, clearly you're active in my life, and thank you. Thank you very much. I can give God uh, praise and adoration actually pretty easily. Because his nature, he doesn't change. And so whenever I begin to pray, it actually comes natural for me to praise uh, God's characteristics and who he is. The praise and adoration comes pretty easy for me. But Thanksgiving, I got to admit, is actually just a little bit harder for a few reasons. And so the first one here is because in order for us to thank God and give him Thanksgiving, we first must recognize his activity in our lives. We first must recognize that he is involved in our lives and that he's doing stuff. So God is on the move in your life and in your neighborhood. He provides for us and he literally works miracles every day for us. We see it all the time, but rarely do we attribute it to God. Rarely do we um, actually say, you know what, God, you're the one who did this. I mean, after all, if we get a promotion at work, we like to pat ourselves on the back and say, see, look what I did all apart from God without recognizing, well, maybe this is a blessing from God. Or it's easy to give credit to circumstance or recognizing um, or to ourselves without recognizing that this was God. This was God doing in our lives. When I was in college, I had a roommate. And one time I, I came in and I was, I was so busy and I was so distracted. And so I had my backpack and some books and and I just remember rushing into our, our dorm room. And mind you, it's a dorm room, so it's like small, okay? Uh, I mean, it is not like the Taj Mahal here. We're talking like, all right. And so I remember I just rushed in that room. And, and then I, I threw my backpack on the floor and, and I threw my books on the desk. And I just started typing on my computer. And then my roommate, Justin, said, uh, hey, Mike. And I'm like, uh, yeah, what? And he goes, what do you think about our new electric organ? And I was like, huh? And sure enough, I turn around and right in the middle of this room was this huge electronic organ, all right? Like I'm talking, it was, it was massive. It was kind of about the size of the altar. I mean, just a little bit smaller. And then I realized that actually when I was coming in, actually I had to like 
swing my body around it. I, I probably even touched it, you know, just to get around the darn thing to sit down at my desk. And, and at that point, I realized I am not a very observant person. <laughs> to have completely missed this like six foot by three foot contraption in the middle of like what is probably a 10 by 10 room. And, and I just remember thinking about that. And, and I think that that's how it is with God is that it seems like that God can be there for us. It seems like God could be doing something. And, we, and it's just like right there and we just don't see it. Or we just don't recognize that it's God. You know, many Christians have this idea that God is not really present with us, that he's not really active, that he's not really with us or providing or caring for us. Instead, there's this kind of this idea that God is like, he's, he's up in the clouds and he's, and he's really kind of too busy for us. Or, um, you know, he's doing important things like binge watching Netflix shows, you know. Um, but, but he's apart from us. He's, he's, he's up and he's away from us. And, and yet really the way the Bible describes it all the way back to Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 with the garden and God walking with Adam and Eve in the garden, God is present. God is with us. He's active. He cares about us. The Psalms even say he knows how many hairs we have in our head. That's how intimately God knows us and cares about us. Isaiah 41 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And so really the first thing that we need to do here to really celebrate Thanksgiving is we first need to open our eyes spiritually and to see how God is at work. The book of James says that every good and perfect thing comes from our Father above comes from God. So anytime really something good happens in your life, that is God. That's God's provision. That's God's blessing in your life. That's God involved. So now that we recognize God's activity, now the next thing we must do is we must thank God for his activity in our life. So we say, God, that was you. It wasn't just circumstance. It wasn't just me. But God, that was you. And then after we say, God, that was you, then we say, thank you. We say, thank you very much. We praise God for what he has done in our lives. As the psalmist says, give thanks to him who alone does great wonders for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who by understanding made the heavens for his steadfast love endures forever. Yeah, I got to tell you that, uh, that this year for my family, Thanksgiving tastes great. And not only because uh, of the brine turkey and all that, but it's because um, we got to do something very special this year. We got to adopt our third child, uh, Emilio, and it was just, it was such a blessing. It, it really was. Um, you know, but beforehand, things did not look good. They did not look on the up and up. Uh, even just a short several months ago, uh, before there was the trial to kind of figure out where our uh, adopted someone's going to go with us or with uh, the, the, the bio parents. And uh, the lawyers were laughing beforehand saying, uh, why are we even here? Why are we even have this trial? Let's just go home. Because that's how, according to the books, according to the system, how open and shut closed it was. It was just no hope. And, and so for us, you know, we, we went to God and we prayed. Um, and God put on the heart of the judge to um, to file for severance, meaning that uh, he would give Emilio to us. 
And, and I just got to say, ever since that trial, uh, we've just absolutely been on cloud nine. The adoption was finalized in October. Many of you were here to celebrate. And so we got to celebrate. Uh, you know, we got to celebrate with cakes and with balloons and with uh, roller coasters. And, and so for us, Thanksgiving in our family, I got to say, is it tastes delicious this year because we have so much to be thankful for. Um, but I got to say also that even within our family, that not only do we have uh, cakes and balloons and celebrations, but our family is also gathered for other purposes. We had a funeral this year, and that was hard. And there weren't, there weren't cakes, there weren't balloons. Um, it was, it was uh, something very difficult that our, our family has uh, experienced loss in this way. Uh, I have friends of mine in Houston who uh, had experienced the devastation of Hurricane Harvey. And uh, for, for some of them, um, it was literally like they had to, after the flood, go into their house and anything that was in the house, and I say anything that was inside the house, was on the curb the next morning. And so it was almost apocalyptic, like you, there's photos of these streets um, that are just, you know, nice suburban houses and everything, nice suburban area, and you just see furniture, you see electronics, photos, I mean, beds, everything that you, that you have is now on the curb. And, and just imagine that devastation. And, and for even one of my friends, he was posting um, about how ironic it is that he's going to be celebrating Thanksgiving, which is giving thanks you know, to God for blessings and giving thanks. Um, but he's going to be celebrating Thanksgiving dinner on a cardboard box because they don't have a dining room table yet. Uh, they have not been able to purchase one. And, and so, so just the irony of that, right, to, to be giving thanks and to be doing it um, in the situation of, of, of a cardboard box, uh, carving your turkey on a cardboard box like that. And, and so I, and I think that that's true thanksgiving because what, what it is, it's giving God thanks in the good times, but it's also giving God thanks in the hard times right? It's also, um, even in the midst of a devastation such as Hurricane Harvey, to be able to still open the Bible and still turn to God and say, you know what, God, you are good. And you know, God, we, we, we love you and we trust you and we put our, our lives, we put everything at your hands. Um, and, and to recognize um, how God is working even in the midst of those broken situations. That that's what true thanksgiving is. It's giving God thanks in the, the good times, but also the difficult times. So then the third thing we need to do here is to live a life of gratitude. Live a life of gratitude. You see, whenever you give God thanks, you not only do it with words, but you also do it in your actions. Uh, because God has loved you and because God has provided for you, that as a result, the way that we live is different, all right? You live in such a way that shows God that you're thankful, and this is called gratitude. Colossians 3 says this, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now, on Sunday mornings, we're going through this series called uh, The Seven Deadly Sins. And, and next week, on the third, we're going to be uh, closing out the series on envy. And really, in many ways, gratitude is the opposite of envy. It really is. It's like the anti-envy. Um, 
but it's, it's being thankful and it's being content, but it's also adjusting and shifting our lives in such a way that follows God. Because he has done these great things for us, we live this life of gratitude, following him, serving him, loving him back. And finally, true thanksgiving here in number four is to receive God's grace. Receive God's grace. You know, what's interesting is whenever you're a kid, uh, you can receive gifts very easily, can't you? Uh, in fact, uh, I don't know a kid who is a bad present taker, <laughs> right? It's like you give a gift to a kid and like they all know how to receive it, right? Um, but isn't it interesting that, that as you grow up, you, you, you kind of shift a little bit from, from just receiving gifts to also giving gifts. And, and, and in fact, that's so much of um, the stress around this time of year is to, to go shopping and, and to um, buy presents for those that we love. And, and, and yeah, and, and so some of us, um, you know, struggle with that. Some of us are really good uh, gift givers. Some of us, you know, have kind of a hard time with that. Um, but what's interesting is that as we get older, I've noticed that some of us, because we're so focused on, on giving gifts and getting our holiday list done, that it's actually hard to receive a gift. Have, have you ever met an adult who has a hard time receiving a gift? I have. And, and it's kind of awkward, too, because they'll open a present and they'll say, and, and they're almost like, like they, they don't want it is kind of what they're saying, but, or they just have a hard time receiving it. They'll say things like, oh, no, you shouldn't have, or oh, I didn't get you anything, or, um, well, please, this is too much. Can I pay you back? And it almost makes things awkward, right? Wouldn't it just be better just to say thank you and just to receive the gift? And in the same way, I think that as Christians sometimes, it's hard to receive God's grace sometimes. Uh, it, it really is. Sometimes it's hard to accept the blessings that God is giving us because either we think that we're like self-sufficient, we want to do it on our own, or that we don't need God's help in our life or something like that. But I've noticed that as Christians, sometimes we have a really hard time receiving God's grace. And so really part of Thanksgiving here is to actually open up your hands a little bit. It's to not have them so closed, but to open them up and, and to allow God to pour into your life. Allow God to bless you. Allow God to give you his grace. And as well, whenever we mess up, whenever we do things that are wrong, whenever we've blown it, the Bible calls the sin whenever we disobey God. Uh, similarly, we need to go to him and say, God, you know what? Um, I'm, I'm really sorry for, for what I had done. And, and, and God... Uh, give me your strength to, to overcome that. And, and God, we, we pray that you give me uh, forgiveness uh, for that sin. And, and so whenever you, you, you go to him in that confession and you receive that forgiveness, um, that, that we're to then actually receive and accept that forgiveness. That, that we're not to um, continue to beat ourselves up over it or that we're continue to solve it all on our own, uh, but, but rather to uh, allow God to forgive us and allow him to work in our lives in that way. Because after all, this forgiveness comes from Jesus. 
and it comes from what he did on the cross. The reason we have this cross up every week is to remind us of what Jesus did, how he suffered, how he bled on the cross. And whenever he died on the cross, that, that um, he's taking care of this issue of sin and that we can be with him in heaven and that we're reconciled to God. And so, so really we get to receive all those things. And really because of that, because Jesus paid the price for our sins, that that right there, that above everything else, yes, I know, even better than the, the newest Xbox or whatever, all right? But even better than that, that's enough to be thankful for, about how God loves us so much that he died for us. And so this Thanksgiving, as you go home and you brine your turkey and you make your pies, because after all, pies are better the next day anyways, may you take time to pause and, and not just the way that, that my family would do it where we'd all be staring at the food and just trying to get on with it. And I know that was just, you know, my issue. But, um, but, but may you actually pause this Thanksgiving and, and recognize what God's done for you this year. And to recognize his activity, to actually say, you know what, God, that was you in my life this year. And then we get to go to God and we get to thank him. And we say, God, thank you. Thank, thank you for that blessing. Thank you for working in that way. God, thank you. Thank you very much. And all God's people said, amen. And let us pray. Heavenly Father, indeed, we, we come to you giving you both praise and adoration and also thanksgiving. We thank you for who you are. And also, God, we thank you for what you've done in our lives. Lord, we can recognize that you are a God who is so active and a God who is so loving in how you care for us. And so, God, we pray that you give us those spiritual eyes to recognize uh, that it is you, we, to recognize how you're working and how you're caring for us and how you're providing for us in our lives. And then, Lord, we get to say thank you, and we get to, to not only say it, but we get to demonstrate it in our lives. And so as we uh, leave this place and we uh, gather for, for family tomorrow, and as, we, um, and as we gather to give you thanks, Lord, we pray that, that we're able to do these things and receive your grace. And all this we pray. Amen.